Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another injury recap episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host, Matthew Betts, and sports physical therapist, doing an injury recap of all the injuries from Week 11. We're going to talk about um, the biggest names, Marlon Mack. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky, um, Deshaun Watson and his ankle, etc., etc. We're also going to recap some of the injuries that are going to be updated moving into Week 12, and I'll include them here at the end of the show. Uh, but before we do, just want to remind everyone, you can find our podcast now uh, on CastBox. That's right, we're on CastBox in addition to everything else that you already uh, have access to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. So you can find us there at Pod on all of the social accounts. Let's get into the injury recap. Let's actually start with college football. We're going to talk about Tua and his troublesome now right hip. We got a question come in on Twitter. Everyone was asking, um, you know, can you explain what this means for his prognosis, not only for, you know, this year, but for basically his career and the NFL. And we've got to talk about kind of what happened essentially with the injury to Tua. So you could see on the play, he was scrambling to his left, defenders coming from behind uh, on his back, tackling him. And you could see his knee was basically placed across his body, and then his knee goes directly into the ground, causing a backwards force into the hip joint, which causes uh, a backwards dislocation if that happens. And essentially, the the ball inside the socket kind of slides backwards. And when that happens, it can hit the rim of the pelvis, causing a fracture in the process and can cause cartilage damage, a pretty nasty injury. But even worse than that, what can happen is actually when you have your hip dislocated, it can cause the blood supply to the head of the femur or the top of your your thigh bone to be compromised and lost. And that's when we really get concerned. The term is avascular necrosis. And what that means is basically there's a lack of blood supply and the bone dies because of it. And the ultimate result there is that you have to have um, a hip replacement surgery in order to be able to actually function again in life. So that's what could have happened for Tua. Now, here's what actually did happen. So he has the dislocation, uh, and fortunately, he was able to have his hip put back in place now uh, actually at the stadium. So that's huge for, for Tua and for his long-term health. If that wouldn't have happened, he could have actually you know had his career done over just like Bo Jackson. But the difference here is that he was able to have his hip replaced back into the socket quickly, which is huge for saving the blood supply to the bone. So that's great news for Tua. He underwent successful surgery today. This is a recording on Monday evening. Um, And so essentially now what we're looking at is Tua's done for the year. Now what we have to find out is did uh, did the, the injury have any cartilage damage to it? Because if that happens, you're looking at a much longer prognosis of recovery. If it didn't, and this was just a straight dislocation without broken bones and without cartilage damage, Tua actually could play next year. So this is a a situation where we just want to kind of see what happens and see what the details come out. But, you know, the the reports are saying this is excellent prognosis for Tua. So all good news there. Um, You know, it it could have been tragic for Tua, for his career, for his dreams and hopes. So it was so sad to see that, man. It's so unfortunate and so difficult 
to see a player that young with that amount of upside really uh, have that taken away from him. It looks like he escaped the worst-case scenario. We'll see what happens here. He's not a lock to play next year, but certainly there is hope that his NFL career is not over. On to the NFL. Let's start with the quarterback position again here. Let's look at Deshaun Watson. He had a, a very mild high ankle sprain um, in their game on Sunday against the Ravens. Now, fortunately for Deshaun Watson, he did not have his foot planted on the ground. And if your foot is planted on the ground, a defender comes on top of you and rotates that foot and ankle laterally to the side. It's going to cause the ligaments that connect your lower leg bones to essentially get sprained or separate. Unfortunately for Watson, his foot came off the ground, saving him of that. And obviously he finished the game um, and was able to, you know, walk it off right away and, and start right back in on the next play. So that's great news for Watson. Um, the team has has no concerns about his availability excuse me, for this Thursday night. So he's going to play this week, uh, which is awesome, given the fact that that could have been way worse. Another high ankle sprain we can talk about here is to that of Jameis Winston. Um, later in the game, you could see him, you know, his foot was planted on the ground, foot rotated kind of awkwardly to the side and kind of collapsed inwards. That's the classic mechanism for that high ankle sprain. And fortunately for Winston, you know, it looks to be on the more mild side of things. It's definitely something that I think will affect his mobility here moving forward for a week or two, but I don't think he's really in danger of missing any time, which is awesome uh, for him and for obviously the pass catchers there. Uh, the performance is certainly something we can we can debate about, but the injury, I think, is something that's not going to be a huge factor moving forward, but I would not be surprised to see him on the injury report this week. Next player here on the list, again, another quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. News came out after the game that essentially he was benched late in the game because of a hip injury. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna call this more of, um, you know, he's more hurt than actually injured because essentially what happened here is at the end of the first half, I did go back and found the play. Essentially, he got landed on on the outside of his right hip by a defender when he was sacked. That can cause a contusion or a bruise onto the top of the pelvis, and that's called a hip pointer. So essentially, you have um, way too many muscles to even name for this podcast on the pelvis and on the front of your core. They all insert onto the pelvis, and there's a lot of tendons that attach there. So there's not a lot of like muscle bulk in the area. It's very superficial. It's right on the skin. You can feel it when you poke around in your hip. And when that gets hit um, with a high rate of velocity and power, it can cause a bruise to the tendons. Therefore, any of those muscles that try to work essentially um, are very painful for usually about a week to two weeks. So we're looking at a situation where I wouldn't be shocked to see Mr. Bisky sit this week, but I'm not predicting it. It's not like it's, you know, uh, an ankle injury or um, a shoulder dislocation where we're saying, you know, he's not going to play for sure. He has a chance to play. I wouldn't be shocked to see him sit, though, for two reasons. One is this can be a situation where it actually gets worse as the week goes on because of the onset of swelling and the onset of bruising and it becomes more painful and stiff as the week goes on versus in the moment when it happened you know you kind of have your adrenaline going you're still moving you're loose you're warmed up so this could actually get worse in the next two or three days and then get better in the coming weeks so not out of the woods definitely still has a shot to play we'll see what happens there the second reason being i wouldn't be surprised to see him sit is the obvious which is the performance uh has been quite miserable for mitch but we'll, we'll see what happens there Let's monitor those practice reports this week, and we'll find out. On to running backs. We're going to go back to Thursday Night Football, talk about James Conner. He entered the week, obviously, with the concerns of the AC joint injury. 
to his right shoulder. And Okada and I had talked about it on our previous episode. You know, I was saying basically, if he gets the green light from the team, he gets the green light from me because you can't really predict this re-injury risk when you talk about um, the AC joint. Now, what that is, is essentially it's the articulation between your clavicle and the top of your shoulder here where your shoulder blade wraps around. So it's this point on the top of the shoulder. The classic mechanism is a direct hit on top of the shoulder. So you'll see that when guys fall on top of the shoulder, uh, when they're trying to make a catch and laying out, a defender lands on top of them. Or for a running back, when they go to lower their head and upper body to initiate contact with the defender, the defender's coming right in and can kind of hit them directly on that spot. So that's what happened there with Connor. He aggravated the injury and obviously left early, which was a disappointment for everyone that started him. But they're saying, you know, at this point, it doesn't seem to be anything that is um, worse than what he was entering the week with, which is good. The bad news is we know what can happen now, right, with these AC joint injuries. You can't predict it. It's really tough to be able to um, discuss his injury relative to someone else like Josh Jacobs, who played with us a few weeks ago, because Josh Jacobs' injury was completely mild, a grade one injury. That means the ligaments are not torn. They're not really damaged at all. It's just a pain issue. For Connor, he's probably dealing with a grade two, which means the ligaments are stretched. There's a small ligament that sits inside there that actually is torn. That carries a longer recovery, obviously. I mean, we saw him miss a couple of weeks, and it obviously carries a higher uh, risk of recurring just discomfort and pain when you try to do things and progress back into sports. So for Connor, it looks like he'll probably play this week. We'll see how it goes with practice. But if he does, I mean, you you now know what can happen, but you can't predict it. It's just a matter if he takes the wrong hit on the shoulder uh, at the wrong time, which is tough for fantasy, obviously. Next player here, this is this is the biggest one easily on the list. Marlon Mack uh, suffered a fracture in his hand, and it's really unfortunate, man. He was having one of his best games of his career, let alone this season, and now he has a fracture in his hand. And what he's dealing with is a fractured metacarpal. So it's this bone basically that kind of sits here. It's your long bones of your hand that connect from the knuckle all the way down to the wrist, and that's the fracture spot where he has his. So what happens now is he had surgery. Essentially what the the doctors do is they put hardware inside to stabilize the fracture. And most of the time when the general public hears fracture, you you immediately just think six to eight weeks is the recovery timeline. And actually for him, it's going to be much shorter. We're looking at three, maybe four weeks, and he'll be back out there. So obviously we're entering week 12. He could be back before the end of the season. He could be back for week 15, week 16 of the fantasy playoffs, which is huge, obviously, if you're a Mac owner. Um, and, And essentially the reason for that is when they put hardware inside of a bone and it's broken, the hardware is doing the job of stabilizing the bone. So it's not really a risk if you hit it. Um, there's not going to be a dislocation or a fragment that chips off or what, what have you. The bone is stabilizing it and it's stabilized by the, the hardware that's in there. So he'll start rehab pretty much today, end of the day on Monday into tomorrow on Tuesday and be able to start to progress over the next two to three weeks the real um, you know, rehab process here for this in the first week or two is basically just getting his swelling down, getting his dexterity back, getting his grip strength back, and all those sort of things. So that's why it takes a few weeks. But as far as concerns for me, once he gets the green light from the team to be able to play, there is not really much of a re-injury risk at all. So he's going to be safe moving forward here, Marlon Mack. Before we get into our next group of, of players here, the wide receiver position, I want to take a minute to thank our sponsor today, fantasygo.com. These guys are awesome, and we are super excited to partner with them. 
Um, Okada and I are, are thrilled. They've been great to us. I would recommend checking those guys out, fantasygo.com. What they do is allow you, the listener and the fantasy player, to have access to any of your favorite analysts in the injury in the uh, industry, excuse me. Some of my favorites are on there as well. So uh, check them out. Great people that you can choose from. You can select me by searching Matthew B. You can search Matt O for Matt Okada. And basically what we do is behind the scenes, we can help you set your lineup, uh, make some decisions for you that are difficult as far as start sit, waiver claims, trade advice, etc. And now they got this awesome um, you know, setup where you can look at DFS lineups and get help from an analyst by doing that. Your first week is completely free, no credit card required whatsoever. So go check them out. Fantasygo.com, search for Matt O or Matthew B. All right, on to wide receivers. Let's start again with that Thursday night football game. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith Schuster, we can talk about together. They remain in the concussion protocol. Both guys took some pretty nasty hits to the head uh, here in this one. There's not really too much to discuss from injury analysis, but we do know that the vast majority of players in today's NFL are missing at least one week because of the rules now that the NFL is working under and because of the um, research that we're, we're getting with this type of injury. And with recovery, we know it's super important to do it right the first time around, or you could have successive concussions, which we know lengthens the amount of time it takes to get back on the field, as we've seen from guys like uh, Sterling Shepard, who we'll talk about, Brandon Cooks, um, Jordan Reed, etc. So uh, as long as these guys progress as they should, they have a chance to play this week, given that they played on Thursday, and now we're looking at the following Sunday. So they have the extra time. We'll see if that helps uh, moving forward here. But for Juju, we need to mention there is also a second injury, which is the knee injury. Um, I didn't actually get to see what happened to his knee. I'm just seeing this report today on Monday. And... I feel like it's probably something that's more minor than not because of the fact that he was ruled out with a concussion, not ruled out with a knee injury. But again, we'll we'll see what happens here. Let's watch those practice reports and see what happens with Juju. The next wide receiver to talk about is Debo Samuel. Now, this is not going to you know be mainstream. He's not going to pop up on a lot of reports this week or articles. I'll talk about him on mine for the fantasy footballers. But uh, Debo sprained his AC joint on that crazy, crazy catch, which he made on the sideline. It was awesome. Um, but it's it's going to be a situation where he'll be on the injury report this week. He'll have a shoulder listed next to his name. He'll probably miss practice on Wednesday and Thursday, but I predict he probably will play. As long as this is a minor injury, he can play through it. Now, we need to monitor and see what he does because if beat reporters come out and say, you know, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to play or it doesn't look like he's practicing much today or he's just doing individual drills, we need to know what those individual drills are because if this is a grade two injury, like we talked about with James Conner, he could miss. And we also need to consider what that does to the shoulder. So anytime you have an AC joint injury, that's more than a grade one, getting overhead is very difficult to do. So you can't really elevate to catch a football. Um, and, and it's tough. It's painful overhead. So you can get instability in the joint, etc. cetera. It, it's really is a situation to monitor. He did finish the game, however, which is encouraging uh, for Debo. So we'll see what happens here moving forward. Again, I predict he probably will play, but let's monitor and see what happens this week. One other wide receiver we need to talk about is Auden Tate. Man, he got lucky. He had a pretty nasty uh, lateral flexion injury to his neck. So essentially lateral means just to the side and then flexion is kind of the bending process. So he kind of got whipped to the side, head torqued to the to the side there and really quickly closed down on the side, which can cause essentially a fracture 
to the little tiny fragments in your neck, which are responsible for limiting the amount of motion that you have going to the side there. Um, th that speed and velocity have me worried about a fracture. And then obviously when you talk about fracture, you have to talk about integrity of the spine and any other structures in the area that can get damaged. So it looks like for Auden Tate, he escaped that, which is great news. He put out a tweet today himself saying, you know, thanks guys for the concern. I'm good. We'll see what happens here with Debo. I'm predicting this is going to be a situation where he will miss some practice time this week because he's definitely dealing with like a whiplash type of injury to the neck. So pain and soreness and stiffness, I'm sure of it. We'll see what happens for his availability later this week. I would not be shocked to see him miss one game, but we're definitely not looking at a long absence here for Auden Tate. Next wide receiver here, we've got to talk about Philip Dorsett. We'll keep it short. He had a concussion on Sunday in the game against the Eagles where he went up into the end zone uh, for a touchdown catch from Julian Edelman, caught the ball, and his head hit the turf, and he also hit the defender with his head. So we're looking at a situation where he's in the concussion protocol. I don't know how uh, likely it is that he plays this week. Again, we talked about it. Players often miss at least one game. So I'm predicting Philip Dorsett probably will miss a game. We'll see what happens here as he progresses through the protocol. On to the updates. Let's talk about players who didn't play uh, this past week, but we've got to talk about some injury updates for those guys. Let's start with Matthew Stafford, um, who obviously now has missed two games. We're talking about a fracture in the lower back. And the reason that we need to talk about him is because a fracture is not a fracture. So what I mean by that is there's different spots on the spine and there's different projections off the spine. So you, your spine is, you know, everyone talks about it as just like a straight up and down structure, but there's little projections off the side, which are called transverse processes. These are attachment points for muscles, um, ligaments, etc. And whenever you have a fracture in the area, it can cause muscle spasm and it can cause um, discomfort. And once you get that calmed down, players can move better. They can kind of perform, you know, at a better level. They feel more comfortable, etc. That's what he dealt with last year. And that's what I thought this was when I first kind of heard the news and first looked at the hit he took. And all the reports I read were pretty much in line with that. However, we had some updates over the weekend talking about how Matthew Stafford's injury is probably going to be more of a long-term thing as far as what it should take for him to get back on the field. People said it should take at least um, six weeks. People are saying it could take six to eight, even longer but he probably won't be out that long. And here's why, essentially. Uh, Matthew Stafford's back fracture right now could be a compression fracture, which is essentially um, a, a impact of the front of the spine where your, uh, your front of your spine kind of just hits the one above it and below it together. It can cause the bones to break close to the spine. So if that is what's going on, we are looking at a situation where Matthew Stafford will probably miss um, upwards of at least a month with this fracture. So we need to kind of wait and see what his practice reports are here in the next few weeks. If he doesn't start to do things soon in practice, um, I would say, you know, we're looking at probably more close to that six weeks. So we'll see what happens here. It's unclear as to exactly uh, how long he'll be out because these back fractures are not, um, they're not so cut and dry. They're not very straightforward. There's a lot that goes into it and, and we'll kind of have to just wait and see what happens there. Next update to talk about here is Sterling Shepard. The guy has been on the injury report all season long with those uh, concussion symptoms. And we, we talked about it, you know, at the top of the show. It's not always a straightforward process to come back from a concussion, especially when you have a second concussion on top of the first. 
he had two in less than a month. And when you have that happen so close together, the brain has to go through so much of a recovery process. The neurological system is super jacked up. Um, you look at longer recovery timelines. You look at more likely a chance to have a, another concussion in the future, same season and beyond. So for Sterling Shepard, you know, that's why they're being so conservative with him. And it makes complete sense. Now for him, he did practice in full today. So we're recording this on Monday night. Monday your practice reports came out. Giants are coming out of the bye. So that's why they're practicing today. He was full. So we'll see what happens here. Last time he was a full participant. Of course, we know it was the Saturday before the Monday night game. And he ended up having a setback, essentially. And with concussion, you know, it's it's just such a non-linear process. Like, just because he does something on a Monday does not mean he'll do more on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, etc. Because the brain is, is so variable. And essentially, what we do as medical professionals and rehab professionals is start to look at symptoms um, and and really take the person's word for what they're saying and how they're experiencing it. So if someone tells you, you know, hey, I'm having some nausea or hey, I'm having a headache or whatever, you back off your intensity of your exercise. And there's no criteria for how quickly to progress. There's no set stone protocol. It's a basically you need to pass all of these kind of standards to move on to the next step. And the final step is full practices with contact no setbacks. So we'll see what happens here for Shepard. Practice reports are going to tell us all we need to know for that. On to Will Fuller. Um, He was close to playing last week, ended up missing, obviously, with the hamstring strain. He injured it originally in week seven this year, and we haven't seen him since. But they're saying today, you know, there's a chance he'll play. Again, they're they're saying it's a game-time decision for Will Fuller. For me, what I would like to see is give this guy the extra time off because He's going to be at a very high elevated increased risk of re-injury because his was a pretty severe hamstring strain. We know those carry a higher risk than a grade one injury. This is more of a grade two, which can take up to four to six weeks, and we're kind of right at that spot. So give him the extra rest. Give him off this week. It's a Thursday night game, so give him that extra week and a half to get back for week 13. But we'll see what they do. Um, you know, I, I hope they don't look at this Baltimore performance on Sunday and say, you know, we need that guy out there. Let's get him out there as quickly as we can. And that could have negative effects, obviously, on his long-term health. So we will see what happens with Fuller. On a more positive note with Fuller, though, uh, his time off here is big time for his ACL because we know that essentially time is very helpful in recovery after ACL, not only in ability to build strength, but in the integrity of the ligament itself. So when you have an ACL surgery, the new ACL that they put in your uh, in your knee is a graft of another tendon, and what that does is essentially it takes you know upwards of an entire year to what they call revascularize or essentially kind of take into the bone fully and become more mature and stronger as far as ligamentous stability. So the the time off here, while it's bad for his hamstring, obviously, and it is increasing his injury risk at the hamstring. It's actually good news for his ACL recovery and for his ACL strength. So one little uh, sliver of note there for Will Fuller. On to uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Man, this was tough to watch. You could see every time he was on the field, he was leaving the field because of the pain he was in. And we, we talked about it you know, in our weekly preview show, Kata and I did, about how this is a pain tolerance issue. But rib injuries are super super painful in and of themselves if you fracture the actual bone but when you fracture the actual 
cartilage where it connects from your bone onto like your your breastbone it's even more painful so it's one of the more painful injuries you can play through and we saw that on sunday with manuel sanders clearly not 100 percent, not going to be 100 percent this week that's for sure i would honestly expect him to be even more limited in this game because of the fact that we have him now trying to battle through this again on a second straight week after taking several shots to that area uh, i guarantee you on monday today he's waking up super painful but the dude is a baller. Uh, he is very tough. He's probably going to try to play through it. We'll see how effective he can be this week. Last player here, Evan Ingram. we got to talk about the foot sprain he is dealing with. Um, news came out today that he is out of the boot, which is good. He did not practice, though, today on Monday. I still think Evan Ingram is at least two weeks away, or at least he should be two weeks away. You look at these foot sprains for guys that do any cutting sports, so you're looking at um, you know, tennis players, football players, soccer players, etc., where you have to be able to put your foot in the ground and go. Change direction quickly on a dime. That puts a lot of stress uh, and a lot of torsion or rotational movements at the midfoot, which is where this sprain is. And that can have uh, a big-time effect. We saw it with Cam Newton. Obviously, he's on injured reserve. And uh, and we've seen other players in the past, too, deal with this. So I still think Evan Ingram is at least a week away. I think that he should sit for two weeks to fully get my confidence back in his health. Again, we'll see what the team does. All right, everyone. Last note here before I get out of here. I want to remind everyone, Okada and I are running a special holiday edition of our Patreon content normally uh, you have to pay a monthly fee to get access to our extra episodes to get access to our slack channel um, extra off-season content etc but we are in the giving spirit right now we are giving away a free month of patreon content all you have to do is sign up your first month you pay for it your second month we reimburse you for it and essentially you get it free so go ahead and sign up there Uh, we would love to have you at patreon.com slash join our growing uh, fantasy football community. We would really appreciate it. All right, everyone, Okada and I will be back with our weekly recording on Wednesday night. It will drop on Thursday. And until then, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.